This is the Financial Compass with Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Matthew provides his clients and prospects with the information that they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Matthew Brunner to help you find your financial direction. Hello and welcome to the Financial Compass. My name is Matthew Brunner from Comprehensive Planning Associates LTD or Compass in Fairfield, Connecticut. If you'd like more information about what you're hearing on today's show, give us a call 800-339-9252 or visit us online at compass-ltd.com. While you're at my website, scroll on down to the radio portion of the page. You can check out past shows and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Make sure you can keep up to date on the most current episodes. Now, before I get started, I'd really like to welcome my incredible co-host, Tony Shore. Tony, how are you doing today? Well, I'm doing good, but I, I do have to ask. I have to say something because you mentioned your website there in the intro, and you have a great website. And for our listeners that haven't been there, you got to go there because it's there's no... There's no cost, and there's all this great stuff, tons of resources, tons of great information, educational videos. You can pick what you want to learn about. Hey, do I have too much risk? Take the risk assessment. Uh, there's just a lot of great resources there, but who puts a dash in their web name? That I do. That is a no-no. You, you know that. I do. You do? Yeah, Compass I do. hyphen or dash ltd.com? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. like it. I don't like it, Matt. Well, you don't have to, Tony. <laughs> I'm just razzing you. <laughs> I'm razzing you. That's okay. We put a compass. We put the hyphen in. You know why? why? No one else was brave enough to do it. <laughs> well, if there's one thing you are, it's brave. That's for sure. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm giving you a hard time. It really is a great website, though. Uh, I just had to find something to give you a uh, grief about today, and that's all I could. That's all I could find. So you're doing good. Oh, you should talk to the office. There's a whole list. It's, well, Gretchen, Gretchen has a list of things <laughs> regarding you specifically. Matt. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I've been great. You asked me how I was doing. Obviously, yeah. I'm feeling my oats today, as my mom would say. That's a that's a horse term. Feeling your oats. Uh, but anyway, I'm doing great. How about you? What's going on over there? Oh, you know, we're, we're just right at it. We successfully moved. We moved buildings. Uh, we changed locations, if you will. We moved from Westport to Fairfield. We, The place we were in just wasn't right for us anymore. They wanted to sell the building. I didn't feel like being a landlord. So we found a new building that we got in Fairfield, and it's right down the road. So that's all settled out. You're moving nice. on up. We're settled in. Well, we're settled in, and it's it's nice having our own place. Nobody over, you know, in, or around us anymore, so. Really working out well. You guys are moving on up. I know that you've been meeting with a lot of our listeners out there who have contacted you and uh, helping your clients and our listeners, you know, navigate the minefield that is our current economy and the markets, right? (laughs) Minefield's a pretty good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And that's why you need a trusted professional like yourself uh, on your side. And what are we talking about today, though? What's the topic? Well, I feel like you're going to ask me for something, Tony, you're being so nice. But if that's all you're asking, 
is what's the topic, then I feel much better. Oh, no, I the need topic. I need a loan, a personal loan. Okay. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? We're going to tie into that. Wait till the end. We're going to talk right. about that. All right. So today, what I want to talk about, I don't want to, I, I, I want to, a lot of people talk about the relationship with money. And what I want to talk about today is money issues that impact your relationship, especially marriages. Oh, it's something a lot of clients have had to deal with that we've had at some point or another. There's a lot of people out there who are going through this right now, struggle with it every day. Taking time to address issues before they turn into problems, so valuable. One of the main sources for today's is uh, Investopedia.com article. It's top six marriage killing money issues. Now, the other main source is going to be the massive amount of experience I've had with this, dealing with this day in and day out with people. So money can be a huge stress for individuals, couples, any any other kind of interpersonal relationships. Though there was a uh, October 2018 American Psychological Association report. Now, it's called Stress in America. 64% of adults surveyed stressed about money. So clearly more than half of the U.S. stressed about money. This affects the majority of Americans. You're not alone if it's something you're going through. Well, I mean, you kind of balked at that number. I think that's low. I, I think money stress is something all of us have experienced at least at some point in our lives. And I'm glad you clarified we're talking about uh, how money affects our relationships with each other. Not about We're not going to talk about my personal relationship with money, which is a good thing. Um, but, uh, well, but when you add relationships to money, the pressure cooker gets turned to 11, doesn't it? It sure does. Nigel, the, uh, <laughs> little, uh, spinal tap reference right there for the kids. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for catching yeah. that. Um, now I'll tell you this, you made a good point. Our personal relationships with money are clearly going to color our interpersonal relationships with money. And so I think it's very important to talk about some of this stuff. So today I want to focus on a few of the money issues that impact couples, especially. Now let's start with keeping separate accounts. Now that investopedia.com article, some couples decide to split expenses down the middle. They pay their half out of their own private accounts. And I have a friend who even made a post about that. That's what she thought made their marriage so great. But here's, there's some issues with that. Often this type of financial setup results in some resentment about who gets to spend on what and when. It, it can even evolve into a competition. You know, I paid for this, so you must pay for that. I'm not saying it's not, it can't work for everybody, but you really have to have great communication skills. The bottom line is all this comes down to communication. Yeah. But in some cases, having separate accounts can also lead one partner hiding money from the other. Now, the drawbacks of separating finances can also include some reduced buying power, and also it can eliminate some other financial benefits that come with marriage. So. Yeah, Something I mean, it seems about. like joint bank accounts uh, would be uh, the better option uh, for most people. What are some benefits to having a joint account then? You know, you ask fantastic questions, Tony. I don't Thanks. think I tell you that enough. Uh, you don't. There's se- <laughs> I'm sorry. There's there's several benefits to having a joint bank account. Uh, there first, just understand they're very common. In my world, they're more common than separate. According to the to a, the balance.com article, should you have joined a separate bank accounts? TD Bank did a survey, showed 76% of couples said they shared at least one bank account. So as you can see, it, it is very common. Now, they tend to provide more transparency and spending for each person in the relationship. They can also streamline some legal affairs. Say one of the, one of the members of the 
couple passes away, joint accounts allow the surviving partner to maintain access to funds. It can get really messy when there's single accounts like that. So in my experience, some married couples also find it's easier to keep track of spending as all expenses are contained within one account instead of all over the place. Right. I would agree with that. I mean, my wife and I have a joint account and there's a lot of tax advantage and different advantages to that. But you're right. They're all positive reasons to have a joint account. Yeah, and th- those so far they are, and I will tell you there are there can be some drawbacks. Some individuals feel like they have less control or independence when they don't have their own account. Now, again, I think that comes down to communication, but joint accounts can also lead to issues if, and this is like I keep saying, if people aren't communicating about spending, big issues. Perhaps both people assume the other was going to pay the electric bill and it never gets paid, or it gets paid twice due to confusion. So that can that can be a problem. They can also be potentially problematic when a relationship ends because both parties have access to the money in the account. Either person could withdraw the money and close the account without the other's consent. This could lead to some very messy and some really uncomfortable breakup moments. And I can tell you this, I've sat in enough rooms with enough people over the years. If somebody says, well, what if, shouldn't I just have like a, like a, an emergency account, not like the emergency account you're talking about here for unexpected expenses, but what if something happens and we're just going to split up and I need to start my own new life? And if you're asking that question, chances are that should be a red flag anyway. But uh, that's I've never seen somebody ask that question and have that relationship end up in a good place. So if you're asking yeah. that question, you may want to be asking a different professional some other advice. Yeah, exactly. And that scenario feels like something out of a movie. I mean, one partner empties the account and skips the country. Uh, that would be a, a bit awkward. It, it would be. Uh, it would be a lie to say it's never happened, but uh, it, it, you, communication. If things aren't well, obviously you need to have some protection and you should be looking to something. But, uh, you know, let's, let's get back. To, I don't want to get too far off on that. Another, another thing, debt. That's another issue that can be awkward and uncomfortable. It's a really serious issue for so many Americans. It can adversely impact the relationship for sure. It can take so many forms, whether it's credit cards, student loans is a huge one now, car loans. You know, if somebody somebody comes into a relationship with a great paying job and low student loan debt and somebody comes in and they say, oh, I, I you know, I really, I've got this great master's in Dutch literature, but I have, have $400,000 in student debt, but no job. That can be uncomfortable for a lot of people. So you need to take these things on usually before you get married. Uh, again, communication. A lot of p- people bring debt into a relationship. Debts that are brought into marriage remain attached to the person who brought them in. Although there are nine states that have determined that debts that are incurred after a marriage are generally owned by both partners. Oh, so, so some states have on. that rule. I didn't realize that. What states are those? Oh, the nine worst, of course. Uh, no, no. no. The, <laughs> well, a couple of them are, but we won't say which. Yeah. Arizona, California, Nevada, Idaho, Washington, New Mexico, Texas, Louisiana, and Wisconsin are the nine. Uh, you're not liable for most of your spouse's debt that was incurred before marriage in this in those states, but any debt incurred after the wedding may be shared by both the individuals, even when it's applied for by only one member of the relationship. Again communication debt can potentially be a problem that causes resentment i I, I see it you see it so especially if one member of the partnership feels like they're paying for debt that they shouldn't have to cover you know you're paying somebody's 
dead off from another part of your life that you weren't even a part of. A lot of people feel a lot of resentment for that. I recommend, again, couples discuss their existing debt before combining their financial lives. They, they could even potentially enlist the Council of Financial Services professional to help facilitate the discussion and all these things, joint accounts, separate accounts. If you work with a financial professional, if you have a comprehensive plan in place, you probably have a budget. If you're sticking to your spending plan, your savings plan, if you have all those things in place, a lot of that communication is done with another person in the room. There's not as much heat. There's not as many bad feelings about it. And you have a plan to work off of instead of wondering what's going on and resenting each other. That's a, yet another reason I can't stress enough the importance of having a comprehensive financial plan in place. All right. Well, yeah. And I think it's so important to work with a financial professional like yourself to get that plan in place. In fact, speaking of that, let's take a moment here to let our listeners know how they can get a hold of you. And I think you have that special offer, that complimentary consultation, correct? Yeah. So call us 800-339-9252. You can go to the web, compass-ltd.com. I just, I stress that for you, Tony. <laughs> I and, love the hyphen stress. <laughs> uh, but do people and, know what a hyphen is? Yeah, it's the dash. Yeah, but if you it's say the dash, dash, they might think slash. I didn't say slash. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> the uh, on first? So compass, compass either hyphen or dash ltd.com uh, and fill out the color of money risk analysis, top left-hand corner of the page, submit that and ask for a complimentary, no cost, no obligation consultation. We sit down, we just talk, figure out what you need to do, steps you need to take to put that comprehensive financial plan. All right, listeners, and as a reminder, you're listening to The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner, and myself, your co-host, Tony Shore. And today we've been talking about money and how it affects our relationships. And this is quite a topic because this is a big problem, isn't it? Yeah. So going back, we're, one of the big sources we're talking about today was from the Investopedia.com article, Top Six Marriage Killing Money Issues. I almost feel like we should call today's show Tony and Matt's Financial Love Line. <laughs> But <laughs> welcome back to the Matt and Tony Comedy Hour. We'll be here all I want week. You, I want you two to look in each other's eyes and tell each other how you feel about your finances. <laughs> Let's not do uh, that on the air, though. No. In the first segment, we were talking about two different potential issues, joint or individual bank accounts and debt. Now, they, it refers to the next issue, that Investopedia.com article, as personality. Now, they define personality as how you handle money. You know, are you a spender or a saver? I, I think it's it takes it makes a lot of sense to take it one step further. You know, how do you look at risk tolerance? Instead of just lumping each person into a really broad, broad category, it can be really useful to learn what type of risk each member of the partnership is willing to be exposed to. So Compass, we just talked about the color money risk analysis right before we you know, went through how to get in touch with us. It provides people with... Uh, you know, a financial picture, a roadmap to their overall risk preferences. And you get this color, this proprietary color money risk analysis score. And if you, if you're two of you are far apart on that, I highly recommend sitting down with a financial services professional to talk about your overall financial goals, your current picture, your future picture, and what those can look like. Yeah. Wow. That's great advice. And I think that's very important. Now, tell us more about this asset allocation and why I know you bring it up on the show, but uh, tell us about the difference, uh, the different colors of money. How how are they different? Oh sure, yeah. So you have three. We we break it down to three colors of money: red, yellow, and green. 
So red money is assets that are subject to more risk, if you will, can lose value, but they also provide opportunity for growth. When we talk about risk, we're, we're essentially talking about the volatility of the market, day to day, you know, minute to minute stuff, not generally as long term, but it's, uh, you know, if I needed it right now, what's it worth right now? And they have yellow money assets, like like red assets, they're subject to risk and they can lose value or gain value, but they're professionally managed. Professional money managers can help reduce risk and provide growth opportunities. So that's the yellow bin. And then we talk about green money assets. They have less traditional risk, that volatility that so many people are scared of, which I perhaps actually love. But um, this, they, but the green doesn't have as much growth potential as other assets, but it's way less likely or, or at least less likely to go down. Your biggest risk with green money assets is like inflation, something, you know, Every year, thing everything costs more. So if you don't have a possibility for growth with those assets, then that's its risk there. You can get this customized report is to complete that strategy assessment on our website. You know, that wonderful website with the hyphen in its name. They're, they're, they're complimentary. They're available in the generational vault. You can go to compass-ltd.com. You fill out the color of money risk analysis and you get it processed. Get your score. Have your partner do it. And then let's sit down and talk about what the results mean and where you go from there. Well, the color of money is always fascinating to me. I think it's so important. It's a great tool and that sounds like a great plan. But what's next on the list of potential relationship harming finance issues? All right, this one's called the power play. Oh, a little hockey it's, reference. I like a it. A little hockey reference, but a little different. It's another money issue that Investopedia notes can harm relationships. Uh, power play occurs often when one partner's employed and the other isn't. So, or maybe if both partners want to work, but one's struggling to find employment, it's another time it can happen. It deals with imbalance of income and how the individual with more income or most of the income can control how money gets spent. There may be some rationale behind this idea, but it's still important that both partners cooperate and communicate when it comes to spending. I can't stress that enough. And if you have a hard time doing it, again, find a financial services professional, sit down and do it with you. As we mentioned earlier, when you're discussing the pros and cons of different bank account options, a joint account offers greater transparency and access. However, it's not in itself a solution to a lopsided power money dynamic in a relationship. So the transparency can be used to further control spending in that particular situation. And that, that imbalance can lead to even what some experts call financial abuse, which is kind of a scary topic in a way. Yeah. Yeah, that can be scary for some people. And uh, I think it's not good. And I, I must admit, I haven't heard a lot about financial abuse. Yeah, well, let's 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 re take a quick pause. If there's any sort of abuse in your relationship, reach out to somebody. Take the steps you need. Nobody needs to live through that. Uh, there's a lot of kinds of abuse. Financial abuse is one of the more subtle forms, uh, but it's nonetheless, it's just it it's, it's still a hurtful one. According to a national network to end domestic violence report, understanding financial abuse, this kind of abuse is used to control people, isolate them, and it's it's unique to each relationship. It can include a couple of quite a few things but some of these are red flags if you see them happening reach out to someone if, if someone is strongly controlling how your money is spent or if they're restricting access to money or maybe giving you an allowance you know as an adult that's probably a, should be a red flag to you or maybe they're withholding access to necessities like medication or food that's a massive red flag how about restricting a partner's ability to work or even make money and in some extreme cases, some people will even steal money, your credit, or even your identity. 
There's a full report. It's part of the Moving Ahead Through Financial Management Curriculum. You can download it at nnedv.org. If you're experiencing any kind of abuse, though, let me just take another second beyond anything financial. Any, if you're experiencing abuse in your relationship, reach out and find some help. There's a ton of support networks out there. Get the help you need. Well, yeah, those are some heavy things to consider. And it sounds like that report, though, would be a good resource. Absolutely. In fact, the report has valuable tips on some more healthy and productive ways couples can talk about their finances, their desires, needs. Every relationship in its financial picture is going to be unique. Just like we always say, everybody's particular situation is unique, right? Maybe in this, in this case, maybe one member of the couple manages the day-to-day finances and bill paying. And that might be functional and even fit well with both individuals' personalities. However, both should have access to and regular input on all financial decisions. The best companies still meet regularly. You know, the big public companies, the shareholders meet. There's still decisions to be made There's and there's information to be had. Those most successful ones are the ones that communicate well. Couples in healthy financial relationships, they can have different values related to money. But if they have joint financial goals, um, great. If they don't, they should be negotiated. They should be planned for together. Couples that set plans to meet those joint goals, support each other in the process, they're way more likely to feel like they're in a healthy money partnership, thus reducing that stress people have over money. It's one of the biggest killers of relationships is finances. So the more honest you can be about this with each other, the better long-term chances you have of surviving. Both, Both partners should have access to their money. Needing to ask permission or hiding money or spending, that should be a red flag. Healthy financial relationships are about compromise, honesty, equality. In my opinion, those are vital aspects of any part of any interpersonal relationship, whether it's romantic, professional, business, other, those should be a part of it. And again, you know, if you, if you're talking to somebody and they have a secret account because they might need to take off talking about shared financial goals probably isn't the conversation you should be having. Well, yeah, that's a great point. (laughs) That's a great point. But uh, hey, before we move on, share that website again where you can find that report. Okay. Uh, that report, more resources, they're available at nnedv.org. It's part of their Moving Ahead curriculum, a financial empowerment resource. So as a reminder, the information in this curriculum, it's intended to be general advice for individuals in abusive relationships, but not everyone's situation is the same. You may need specific advice, specific advice for your situation. If so, contact Domestic Violence Advocate. Visit thehotline.org. You may also consider you know, consulting financial advisor, attorney, someone that can help you outside of that current situation. Well, you know what? We've really covered a lot today, but I believe you have two final issues uh, for us, right? Yes. Yes. The last two money issues that affect relationships are related, literally. And I'm not talking the way millennials use the word. I'm saying literally. They are children and extended family. The decision to have children, huge question for any relationship. Raising a child's no easy financial task. The most recent available information I've gotten, the average cost of raising a child from birth to age 17 is $233,610. Now that's average. That's not, you know, that's that's two married, two parent, middle income family with two children. But, you know, that's also, that's might be Oklahoma. It's certainly not Manhattan. So right. that's, yeah. yeah. So yeah, the U.S. Department, 
user, U.S. Department of Agriculture, uh, it was information from 2011 to 2015, and it was figured in $2015. With inflation a likely factor, that number is most likely to increase in the future. Having children impacts not just your pocketbook, but also the calendar. You know, does one partner stay at home when the, when the children are younger? How does this impact long-term retirement strategy, career advancement goals, how much money you're going to make? There's a lot of factors at play. Yeah. Yeah. And those are important questions to ask. And it really, I think, comes back to three things that are vital to any healthy financial relationship. And you've mentioned this before, compromise, honesty, and equality. Yeah, they're the three super important when it comes to extended family relationships as well. The issue of money and extended family can involve gifts that one side of the family can afford, maybe the other can't, or the expectation of maybe extravagant vacations, expenses that might not fit into the partner's budget. It could even be loaning money to family members in need or, or maybe even for a business venture, each of those scenarios can increase stress, cause problems in any relationship or partnership. Yeah, good point. Money can really drive a wedge between people. And I think we can all think of at least one example in our own lives or someone we know where that's happened. Yeah, stress and friction between relatives over money feels all too common. And again, people don't always realize what's going on in people's lives. They think, oh, that person has it all. And they may be living on a shoestring budget in what appears to be a glamorous life. You know, often we think of lending money when it comes to money challenges with extended family. That's a big one. That's why the last resource I want to talk about today, an article from moneycrashers.com, nine tips for lending money to family and friends. We're going to examine just a few of these things before we end the show. Now, first, let me say, in my opinion, Always dangerous to lend money to family and friends. Consider it like casino money. Only go with the money you can afford to lose. Yeah. <laughs> so it, what are some of those tips? Yeah. Okay. So uh, deal with cash only. Avoid any connection or contract that it could impact your credit score. You know, don't open a credit card in their name. Don't co-sign on a loan. Those situations put you in a position where someone else's actions could impact your financial future. Deal with dealing with cash and avoid those entanglements. Also, only lend what you can afford. Like I said, the casino rule it goes back to the very real possibility you'll not be paid back for the loan. Right. If, so, you know, if it's going to put you in dire financial straits, you'll find yourself in a financial situation worse than that of the person you loan the money to. Remember, there's a reason they need a loan from you. They can't get it from accredited financial institutions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, anytime you loan money to family or friends, if you don't go into it assuming you're never going to get it back, uh, you're kidding yourself probably. So- uh, those are good tips. Anything else? Uh, there's a few more I want to touch on. Setting terms, getting it in writing. Make sure you and the person you're loaning cash to agree to repayment terms, including potential interest rates, a schedule, written document can help in the future if the agreement turns sour. And finally, worst case scenarios. It's vital to discuss the potential ramifications of breaking the agreement, whether it's late charges, collection process, legal action. It's not comfortable. It just, it absolutely isn't. But asking for money rarely is a comfortable experience. And do what I tell my clients to do. If you're absolutely set on doing it, throw me under the bus. Go with your financial. Go to your financial professional with the family member that wants it, and make them outline the terms that they're going to do it on. You know, that's your. <laughs> you have those relationships for a reason, um, and they can explain. This is what you have to do, and this is how you do it. Yeah. If you need the money, that's the, that's how they can be afford to do it. Also, if you're not a, you know, if you can't follow the tips. Avoid loaning money at all. Maybe there's service-based ways you can help. Yeah. You can even offer to refer them to maybe your financial service professional, help them examine other financial options. Yeah, good. Uh, good advice. Uh, we've covered a lot today. You covered a wide range of issues and potentially damaging issues as well. Well, you know, what we want to... 
always know what can be done to avoid those potentially damaging money issues. Often the best way to combat it is with communication and honesty. Use tools like the color of money risk analysis. You can see how far apart you and your partner are. If you're way far apart, it doesn't mean your relationship's doomed. It just means you need to increase your communication. Discussing money can be difficult, can be uncomfortable. There's no magic wand that can ease all of your financial stress. However, taking important steps, putting a comprehensive financial plan in place can help you avoid potentially negative consequences down the road. Make sure to have that difficult talk soon. Because, you know, Do it before it becomes a relationship killer. Yeah. Yep. Good advice. Well, we're out of time for today's show. Is there anything else you want to add before we go? Sure. Um, go to my hyphenated website, compass-ltd.com, or call us at 800-339-9252 and fill out the color of money risk analysis. It's the top left-hand corner of the page. Get that proprietary score we're talking about and then schedule some time with us. There's no cost. There's no obligation. It's complimentary. We sit down, talk about the results of that uh, self-assessment questionnaire and then the steps you need to take to put that comprehensive financial plan in place. If it's not worth it for your own future, make it worth it for your couple in your relationship's future. And that does it for today's episode of The Financial Compass with our host, Matt Brunner. Thank you for listening to The Financial Compass. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound retirement plan. For more information, please contact Matthew Brunner at Comprehensive Planning Associates. Call 800-339-9252 or visit their website at compass-ltd.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Insurance products and services, fee-based financial planning, and investment advisory services are offered by Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD. Compass, a registered investment advisor in the state of Connecticut. Securities are offered by Gretchen Brunner and Matthew Brunner through Gradient Securities, LLC, Arden Hills, Minnesota, 866-991-1539. Member FINRA, SIPC. Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass, and Gradient Securities, LLC are not affiliated companies. Gradient Securities, LLC, and Comprehensive Planning Associates, LTD, Compass are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any government agency. Please refrain from posting reviews of your experience as this may be considered testimonials and are prohibited by the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC. Like should not be considered a positive reflection of the investment advisory services offered by Gradient Securities, LLC, GS, and or their investment advisor representatives.